When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sportsbet BS Hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me partner's group. Me mate Dave, I reckon he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. I'm keen to, to ask you, Liam, about you know, your current situation, but what's your current uh, frame of mind in terms of where you're at? You, there's a lot of unknowns. You, f- you had an opportunity. I'm sure you feel like there were more opportunities that you you would have loved to have received that you didn't. So what's your, how do you, you know, you're still training. You're saying that you're training hard at the moment. How do you, how do you maintain the rage? Is it just purely that next opportunity? What's, what does it look like for you each and every morning? Um, oh, maintaining the rage is pretty easy. Like there's a lot of external motivation, um, mm. at the moment and that's not always there, but I'm pretty lucky to have it at mm. the moment. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to stay ready as much as I can. Um, I'm in a, in a position where you get no guarantees. So, um, for me, it's just staying ready. Um, if that's, you know, a contract as a delisted free agent, then super. If that's a train on spot, then super. Um, if that means I have to go and play VFL next year, super. Um, I started to really enjoy my football at the back end of this year and, mm. um, you know, no one can take that away from me now. Um, I know how to enjoy my footy. So whatever yeah. level that's at, um, I'm still really confident, you know, I can be a really good AFL player. I've never really lost that belief and, um, albeit over a tumultuous, you know, yep. four years at the football club. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've still maintained that belief. Um, I guess it's just staying ready and, and being in the best possible position to, um, to be a value to a football club. Uh, do you feel more equipped because it's a, it's a r- really unknown situation. You spoke about, you know, anxiety and those different things. Do you, you feel more equipped or you still have to really check yourself at different stages with the, f- I guess the fear of the unknown? Um, I think, um, sometimes the language around like mental health can be a bit skewed. Like it's always a management thing. Mm. Like it never really goes away. And particularly I left mine go for so long that it's a everyday management thing. But, um, I think I'd be really worried about myself if this happened two years ago, Mm. um, because I wasn't in a position to deal with it well. But at the moment, um, I'm just really grateful for what I do have. Um, and what I do have is loving family and a girlfriend. And I know it's a cliche, but um, I know next year, regardless of where I'm playing footy, I'm going to be having fun. So um, as much as I'd love that to be in the AFL, um, sometimes footy's not fair and, and that might be the scenario. What's the most important thing or things to being able to deal with these sorts of challenges? Um, depends on who you are. Um, for me, it's my support network. Mm. So being able to have um, people who I trust tell me how it is. Um, so whether that's my dad, my manager, um, particularly dad, because he's, he's brilliant at it. Um, he knows when I'm not quite right and he knows when I have to get a serve. Um, and I know some parents aren't comfortable doing that, but dad knows it gets the best out of me. Um, my girlfriend's really good at it. Um, she notices when I'm down or when I'm too high up. Um, I think for the most part, trusting them to, to recorrect if I can't, Mm. um, that's sort of been my weapon over the last couple of years now is that, um, if I start sliding, like I can pick it up in a matter of minutes rather than what it used to be, which was, you know, weeks, months at a time. 
Um, that's my greatest superpower now. Like mm. stuff goes wrong and I just get on with things. Um, so, so what would you tell it, – it, like it's quarter past five, so there's a chance that there's, you know, kids, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids in cars going home from footy with their mums and dads or whatever listening to the radio station. If what, 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 would you, what do you tell them? If there's kids that, are, that they haven't had it diagnosed, they haven't, they haven't got a name to put to – the way they feel or the challenges they know they're um, confronting but haven't had somebody else kind of come to the party yet. What, what would you say to them in terms of being the, a starting point to kind of, you know, he, get yourself heading in a better direction? Um, there's a heap. Uh, there's a heap of uh, resources you can use. So um, the first step is um, you can go to your GP and you can get a mental health care plan, um, which often involves a psychologist as well. Mm. Um, you've got the big three, which is a psychologist, psychiatrist, medication. Um, that's if you're a little bit further down the line. Um, if you feel like you're a danger to yourself or others, um, there's Lifeline, Beyond Blue, um, for men, the Black Dog um, Association, um, which operates mainly in Victoria. But there's a heap of avenues. I, I think the the big thing to encourage is to not lose hope. Like there's help around the corner. Um, you've just Honestly, you've just got to look for it a little bit. Um, but even using your family as a resource, like yeah. they care about you um, and they're willing to put the work in for you. Um, and that was the biggest thing for me, like telling my parents about it was really difficult, but now I get the most resources out of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just be open with it. Um, you know, nobody's going to hack at you for, for experiencing feelings the way you are. Um, just be confident that the people you tell are the people you care about and they care about you. Um, not much can go wrong from there. How does it all marry up? So you go back to when you were 16. So, you, you've, you know, you, your dad went and worked in, in Beijing and you went over as a young kid. And it was six or seven years later you came back and then, you know, you're already into the kind of team sport. It's already – it's grip chart and that's what you want to do. When you get to 16 and you're on an elite pathway, which you were at that stage, you'd already been identified as a, you know, a high-level potential footballer. How does it marry up? So you've got the the physical um, face value, superficial side of you that can't get any better. Good looking kid, good footballer, got everything going for me. And yet what you're experiencing internally doesn't seem to be going along for the ride. How was how that to deal with? Um, it's probably the most confusing part of it for me. And that's what I struggled with the most until really I spoke to a psychiatrist um, who explained the hormonal effect. Like before that, um, it's quite hard to get a grips with. I didn't really feel like I'd have had any real struggles in my lifetime. Like I got to live overseas. Um, you know, I was, some would call me a silver platter. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yep. so for the most part, I had nothing really to complain about, but I think the guilt of feeling that way almost compounds the issue. Um, so for me, it, it took a really long time. You know, that COVID season was pretty much all about working through the things I had going on. Um, but yeah, I guess I was um, I was pretty remiss just of thinking of the things I didn't have for a lot of that time rather than the things I did. Yeah. Um, and it's funny how, you know, a change of your mindset can, can restructure the way you think about your own mental health or, or how your mental health acts. And I guess for me, that was as simple as it is. That was probably the biggest difference, like um, spending my days uh, wallowing in self-pity because I didn't have certain things. Um to now, you know, I enjoy getting to go for runs and, yeah. and the little things like that. Um, they're, they're the tangibles that can't really be taken away from me now. Um, but I think at the time, like, that's what I found the most difficult part. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Liam Stogger, our special guest. We'll let you go in a moment. So you've gone through what you've gone through and then you get the news 
which is the sledgehammer for a footballer that um, you're not required here anymore. Thanks, but we're going to move in a different direction. How did you – How did? and if I may, Carlton, there's some Carlton supporters who don't necessarily agree with the decision that the footy club made, but that's by the by. Um, <laughs> how did you – how did you deal with that? Um, oh, I had to go into self-preservation mode a bit. Um, I was pretty shocked. I, I went in there thinking, you know, I probably deserve an, another year or two here. Um, I felt like I'd been pretty selfless in the roles I'd taken up over the past three or four years. Um, and for the most part, I just feel like I had a lot to offer. But um, that's sort of by the by. Uh, footy clubs have got to make the decisions they do. Um, mm. So for me, it was, you know, in terms of that self-preservation, it was just, right, Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. I'll say my goodbyes now, but um, clean your locker out, and and I won't be back. Um, I think for me that would have been the most dangerous thing is is coming back. I wanted to, you know, I, I really respect the Carlton supporters for the most part. You know, they made my time there really enjoyable. I don't want to tarnish anything that I was given in those four years. So um, for me, it was about taking the emotion out of it a bit and getting to a safe place where I could think it through. And um, that was at home for me with my girlfriend and my family. And um, as much as it stings, you know, I've got a lot to be grateful for. Um, you know, if I wasn't at a football club, I don't know where I'd be after the struggles I've had. Um, and I was really lucky to have a guy like Brent Stanton involved in the football club who, who really helped me out with it. Um, so I, I think, um, it was, I was really sad about it. Don't get me wrong, but, um, I guess I've been trained sort of after a few years with a psych psychologist to, uh, to think about the positives I've got and, and the positives I do have are the things that can't be taken away from me. So you know, as much as it did suck, um, I got on got on with things pretty quick. Oh, yeah. What What can you offer a now? Players typically know themselves best. Where What can you offer an AFL team, and in which role? Um, well, I think that's the strength, really. Um, I've played as a forward, I've played as a midfielder, and I've played as a defender. Um, I think the notion that I'm not fit enough to play AFL football's rubbish. Um, I know I can run. Um, I ran a 6.32k in pre-season, which is the equivalent mm. of what most other midfielders are running as well. So um, from that point of view, I, I think um, if that's my main weakness, I've, I've got that to a point where it's not as standout as what it used to be. But I think um, for the most part, my ability to, to lock down on players and beat them in a contest is, is what stands out um, across the ground. I think being in a contest more often is probably what suits me. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm willing to play that lockdown role if it means I'm doing a job for the team. Um, I don't really mind. I think I'm an asset all yeah. over the ground. Yeah. Um, but also I think I'm an asset off the field now. No doubt. Um, and, you know, clubs aren't going to pick you up just because you're an asset off the field. Yeah. Um, it, it's a silly notion um, to think that. But I think for the most part, I'm, I'm quite valuable for culture and, and I'm quite valuable in terms of the roles I can play. Uh, it'd be a travesty if you're not on an AFL list next year, mate. So um, good luck. Thank you. Good luck with everything else that you got. I mean, it's a, it takes um, for a 22-year-old, 22? 22-year-old 22 <laughs> young man, young person to um, front up and discuss what you're discussing. Uh, I think it takes, well, enormous amount of bravery. It does, yeah. Um, so good on you for doing that. And, you know, hopefully it's a message that uh, organisations that have the care of young people at their core um, will take on board and maybe give you a ring and say, listen, can you come out and have a chat to our 15 and 16 year olds? Cause I reckon it's a really valuable lesson that you've got to share with them. Good luck with everything. Thanks for coming in. Thanks very much. Good boys. luck, Matt. Liam Stocker joining us on the show.